right now on the Ringer Gambling Feed and all throughout the entire month of August, the East Coast Bias Boys are getting you ready to bet the NFL this season. We're going through each and every single division and revealing our favorite futures, predicting division winners, and even giving you some award winners. Do we think the Kansas City Chiefs will repeat or will they be dethroned? Tune in now to find out on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringers Philly special presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page, plus start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Welcome to the Ringers. Philly special football is back. Baby Shield Kapati here, joined by Ben Solak and ace producer Cliff Augustine. The Eagles come oh so close to breaking the most ridiculous streak in professional sports. <laughs> <laughs> the Baltimore Ravens came in having won 23 in a row, Ben. Preseason games, Eli Ricks gets the pick six. You're saying they got a shot. They can't convert the two-point try. Ravens win 20 to 19. Are you okay? How are you feeling emotionally after that gut-wrenching loss? You see that? You see that Jalen Carter pressure on the first drive? <laughs> felt great. Felt great after that, and it won't get changed, brother. <laughs> We're good. All right. We've seen what we need to see. Wash my hands of this. No. Um, did I definitely start thinking about beating the Ravens in the preseason? Yeah, because I'm a sicko. Also, you know, not for nothing, but... John Harbaugh is going to win every preseason game in which he plays the better quarterback in the second half. <laughs> Pro Bowler <laughs> Tyler Huntley taking fourth quarter snaps in week one of the preseason. He's, ju- he's, he's juicing the game. I don't respect it. This was really a wild second half for a first preseason game. You, have, you, had, uh, you had Tyler Huntley, who, again, started a playoff game last year. He's out there. You had Melvin Gordon getting carries right. in the second half. Keith had, Urban had a PBU. You're like, Keith Urban? <laughs> you, had, you had Miles Jack and Zach Cunningham getting you know legit snaps 
in the second half. You had Josiah Scott, who had to really play for the Eagles and like, oh, against the Cowboys, right? Last year, right. big game against the Cowboys. He's out there, and here he is in the second half. So, yes, it was a strange game. Uh, we Listen, we're not going to give you a substantial analysis to this. I hope that's not uh, what you were expecting, but it was our first chance to see some people. We saw who lined up where, who was with what team, who played who didn't play. So uh, as I always say, don't listen to what coaches say, watch what they do. And so you got a little hint of, oh, that guy, they don't think he needs to play in the preseason. That's interesting. Oh, this guy, they think he does need to play in the preseason. That's interesting. So here's what we're going to do. Whereas this is not going to be a two hour long pod. We're just going to go position by position, sort out who played, who didn't play, fire off some takes, and then we'll call it a night and we'll look ahead to the joint practices with the Browns this week. All right. Let's start out with quarterback Benjamin Solak. Marcus Mariota gets the start, plays two possessions, seven for 11 for 58 yards, 5.3 yards per attempt against uh, Ravens backups, ran four times for 29 yards. So Mariota starts the game. Tanner McKee comes in. He goes 10 for 20 for 148 yards. And then Ian Book. What what an experience watching Ian Book. Nick Sirianni reminding John Harbaugh what a fourth quarter preseason quarterback is supposed to look like. All right. <laughs> Honor the game. Put Ian Book out there. You, you don't have a box score up, do you? Because I have a question for you. No, I don't. How many passes do you think Ian, Ian Book played a lot? How many passes do you think Ian Book completed tonight? I completed like three. Completed. One. He was yeah. one. For- <laughs> he attempted <laughs> like five because he kept on four, running and taking four. sacks. <laughs> He was one for four for 11 yards, and it felt like he, I mean, he, we played like a quarter and a half. How is that possible? Shell, did I ever tell you the story about how Ian Book lost me like over $100,000? No, uh, you may have, but I don't remember it. So now I need a refresher. What? A hundred? What? Do you remember when the Dolphins and the Saints <laughs> played on like a COVID Thursday night football and Ian Book was there like QB four and he had to start because like Jameis was gone. Tameis, Taysom was gone. Like Trevor Simeon, I think they had at this time, like he was out, whatever. I played DFS for that game because obviously I did. And it was it was uh, I took both defenses while also taking like Tua as a quarterback. Like anybody who plays DFS knows I had, like a very peculiar build. So I knew it was going to be a disgusting and gross game. And with about three minutes left, I had the winning lineup it was worth about two hundred and twenty two thousand dollars and then ian book while getting rushed into oblivion with his eyes closed turning around backwards on a carousel hucked up a prayer that Lil jordan humphrey caught for like 40 yards and in this game that pass was enough to make Lil jordan humphrey more valuable than durham Smythe, who i had as my sixth player knocked me out of first place like all the way down to like 300th place and i missed out i i was in disney world with my in-laws woke up to discover just how close I had gotten to shipping like a full DFS million dollar maker. And instead I was like, just like a nice, decent payout. And I went back and I watched that, that little Jordan Humphrey catch. I promise you 40 times. I promise you, I swear to you, no embellishment. I watched it 40 <laughs> times in a row, just seething in a resort room in which nobody understood what I was going through. So I don't like Ian book and watching him in this Eagles uniform preseason quarter four drives me insane. Now that you told that, I think I think I did hear. I think you did tell that story at some point last year. But I, I got more opportunities than I'd like to sell it because Ian books in my life more than I'd like him to be. 
That is just sick behavior. The names you're bringing up there. Durham, Smythe, little George Durham Humphrey. Humphrey. Vote, this mean, was, this, these were COVID games, baby. We were betting on random folks. <laughs> <laughs> it was a dark time. It was a dark time for everyone. All right. Uh, quarterbacks. Well, other than Ian Book, we don't, you know, uh, we hope you have a great life and a wonderful career, family, all those things. But we don't need to watch you play uh, much more football. Uh, any takeaways for you between Mariota and Tanner McKay? It was Jari, I will say, it definitely stood out. Like Tanner, there was supposed to be this supposed competition, Tanner McKay or Ian Book for the third spot. Like one guy looked about 400 times the more competition, competition than the other guy. Jalen Hurts and Tanner McKay, man. That yeah. young man was slinging it. <laughs> Um, I was I was tweeting a little bit about Tanner there. I was enjoying myself second quarter. No, Tanner looked good. Tanner had a um, yeah, he replaced a, a, a he had like a third and six blitz where he replaced the blitzer with a throw to the sideline first down. He had like a, a late progression o- o- over the middle, right? He was trying to hit Hazelwood on that backside dig, and like their feet got tied up, could have been a penalty. He looked like a full-on adult in that offense. When he was running the RPO quick game stuff, it didn't look as pretty. That's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a tough ask for that man. He's a big, long dude, not, not as quick of a mover. Uh, he did have a little, like, thir- uh, uh, second-down scramble, set up a nice third down when they were in scoring range. Tanner looked good. I, I, I didn't love Tanner's film coming out of Stanford, but Tanner looked like a functional NFL quarterback. So, yeah, absolutely. Above Ian Book, no question for QB3. Keep that factory chugging. Two best back shoulder uh, passers in NFL history. Aaron Rodgers won. Tanner McKee 1A, I would say. Uh, so right yes. now, uh, he, he could overtake him, uh, but it was just Tanner McKee going to Tyree Cleveland back shoulder over and over and over again. Now, I will say, yeah, when they listen, he's already done more than Clayton Thorson's ever shown me uh, in an NFL preseason game. Uh, and he looked competent. He looked comfortable. He looked accurate. So uh, that, that was really my first exposure to a Tanner McKee. And I thought he did a uh, a pretty nice job there. Marcus Mariota. I mean, do we really Marcus Mariota in a preseason game? Like we kind of know what Mar. I will say this, Marcus. The reason Marcus Mariota really frustrates me. I don't really like. Oh, Marcus trust me, we've we've yeah. we've divined yeah, on heard this it. podcast yeah. how much you're not I, into Marcus Mariota. But 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 you kind of saw it. Like the guy is. Did you see the hits he's taking tonight? Like he's he's keeping on the on the zone read. In short yardage, he's scrambling on third and 13, and his head is hitting like a teammate's knee there. Like, this is not how you can play in the NFL and stay on the field. Like, if he comes in, is he going to come in and be able to stay healthy? That has been an issue for his whole career. So that was just like the Marcus Mario experience. He's like, what are you doing out here, man? You're taking all these hits in the first preseason game. What is happening? You just don't love the game enough, Shiel. You just don't have the love (laughs) for the game that Marcus Mariota does. Just out here competing in early August, baby. He was. He he was uh doing that. So that 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 was dead. I just wrote down reckless player in my notes for Marcus Mariota, which is kind of uh how if he just bails on every blitz he's added. I mean, they're picking up these blitzes and he's just bailing. But anyway, we don't need to get into that. All right, that's the quarterbacks there. Ian Book taking the twenty yard sack, definitely a, a highlight though from the game. Like if you had to pick five plays that maybe Shield will remember. Five years from now, let's be honest, I'm not going to remember any of them. But in an alternate universe where I did remember them, that would have been one of them. I'll remember him almost getting sacked there on that third and three and then getting to scramble back to the line of scrimmage and go down and make it fourth and three. And Avante Maddox genuinely clapping on the sideline, being like, yeah, that's a good fight for us. Let's go. And and Ross Tucker going in the middle of the throw it, throw it, throw it. Uh I didn't. I was so sad. My NFL Plus gave me the Ravens broadcast. I didn't have the Ross broadcast. I love the Ross broadcast. I was sad to miss out on it. 
So that means you missed Dave Spadaro uh, smooching his wife at Lincoln Financial Field. He was getting married today. And, Dave! Uh, very, uh, very aggressive uh, kissing the bride, which they showed in slow motion with us, which I thought was a little bit uh, aggressive. But, you know, I would think most kids were asleep by that point in the fourth quarter. But they could have, yeah, they should, would have had to put some type of rating there uh, on that otherwise. All right, that's an, we don't need to go any further into that conversation. <laughs> Running back, Ben Solak. I had the theory. You know what? Put Rashad Penny in bubble wrap, break him out in December, and Rashad Penny carries the ball nine times <laughs> in the first half of the first preseason game. What in the world is happening? DeAndre Swift starts the game, has a nice 22-yard run, one of the highlights of the game, and then it's Rashad Penny, then Trey Serban, then Kennedy Brooks. Were you surprised that Rashad Penny was getting this many touches again in the first half of the first preseason game? Yeah, you gotta let the man rumble, right? You gotta, you gotta, you gotta get some momentum going, establishing body blows. Now he had, he had a couple of nice runs. He had that one stretch run where it looked like zero yards, zero yards, zero yards, and he gets skinny. And then, and what you you see on that run, what makes Penny so enticing? He just doesn't go down. Like he keeps his his balance despite the fact that he's upright and then he's explosive. Like he was, you had a couple of runs that were like, oh, like I I I I, I get it with Rashad Penny, and certainly you had that nice in space run from DeAndre Swift, right? The book on Swift has always been like, you know, between the tackles, we got some problems, you know, picking a gap, maybe a little bit confused, not not doing what the line gives him. But if you give him something that's cut and dry, black and white, he'll make a guy miss uh, in space, right? And so you see from both of those backs the things that they're going to bring that are valuable. I, like, the only thing that makes sense for me in terms of like the penny volume is that they're trying to evaluate him. But you got to already know enough about penny. Like what, like... What is Penny or Swift going to show you in the preseason that's really going to change how you deploy them in week one? Like, I find that to be like a, an insufficient argument. Uh, so in general, my main takeaway is no Kenny Gainwell. Like, Yeah, Ken, I was surprised. The, they love Kenny, dude. I, I, yeah. I, as, a, as a noted, what are we doing with all these Kenny Gainwell touches detractor of the 2022 season? I'm full on bracing myself for a big Kenny Gainwell 2023. Yeah, no Gainwell, no Boston Scott, and then DeAndre Swift starts, and Rashad Penny gets nine carries. I was like, this is not what I expected yeah. to happen with the running back distribution uh, in the first game. So yeah, Gainwell not playing at all, I thought was, you know, it's at least a little uh, noteworthy. That certainly caught my attention. And then Trey Sermon comes in, and Kennedy Brooks uh, finishes it off. So yeah, DeAndre Swift had the nice 22-yard run, which you're talking about, makes the guy miss at the line of scrimmage and then finishes the run or breaks the tackle. Uh, after that, gets into space and then they're like, okay, you don't need to play uh, anymore. So I thought that was good. Uh, Penny, we mentioned Trey Sermon had a nice play. You know, there. Listen, we have listeners who want us to talk about Trey Sermon on every episode, Ben, but nope. uh, five for 15, had a nice short yardage run, had a touchdown and had a blitz pickup. There you go. That has been uh, this week in Trey Sermon presented by Wawa. We don't, well, if you want to sponsor Wawa, Wawa we'll take I you. I miss yeah, you. But, yeah, Wawa, save me from this bleak <laughs> gas station desert that is Michigan. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, all right, that was the running back. Sorry, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll get to some of the other positions. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. 
It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier, thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian, tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. All right, we are back on the Ringers Philly special. Wide receiver, my first note, Ben, is uh, Ross Tucker said, you almost forget that Greg Ward is still on the team. No, 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 Ross. There's no almost about it. You forget. I always forget that Greg Ward is still on the team and that they're just featuring him and every pass is going to Greg Ward and he has five catches for 53 yards. Do you remember? You, so obviously, like everybody remembers the Travis Fulgham stretch, right? But before, oh, the, yeah. tra- before the Travis Fulgham stretch, there was like a decent like, Greg Ward's going to unlock the slot for these 2018 Philadelphia Eagles stretch. And then here we are five, six years later. It's just like, we're doing it with Greg Ward, which shout out for Greg Ward for hanging around. Shout out for him for, you know, special teams and, and, and doing the dirty work and, and cashing in on his opportunities when they've been there. But this is a different Eagles team than that, that wide receiver room was 2018, 2019, right? And like Brown, Devontae, Alameda Zacchaeus, uh, Britton Covey, I think are like lock, lock, locks. And then I would say Quez is like, pretty close to that like it, i don't know how how enthusiastic they're going to be about greg ward's next upcoming season with the eagles it's just hard to figure out what's what's there for him you know is britain covey a lock i As haven't done anything with with 53 man i guess he would be yeah he's, there, he's he's punt returner one right like i i from i haven't seen any reports about like so. zacchaeus or swift yeah. upsetting him or anything yeah, I guess, I guess you're. I guess you're right. I I hadn't. I haven't given Britton Covey one thought uh, this summer. But I guess you're right. Who else uh, would it be? It would have to be him. That's right. So uh, they said during the broadcast, Quez Watkins, I think, had a little hammy injury. I believe they said soft uh, tissue for the sprinter. Soft tissue, and so they he didn't play. And then Olamide Zacchaeus, they didn't want him to play because he's going to have to play a lot. Uh, on Monday and Tuesday when they practice against the Browns, because presumably Quez Watkins isn't going to participate uh, in those practices. So it right. was uh, Joseph Ngata, 
and Greg Ward were were getting the touches out there uh, early and then, on. Uh, Tyree Ty- Cleveland, yeah, Tyree. Comes in. Tyree looked all right. Did a nice little talented player. Uh, Ten target, five catch, sixty eight receiving yard day. Ten targets. Oh my gosh, I didn't realize that until yeah. just now. Wow, Hammering it felt like ten though. I he will had, say that. Like like in the Mariota reps, he had like a little isolation third down route. You know what I'm saying? Like they were, it wasn't like they were just like. You know, the fourth quarter garbage time is the best player we got in the field. He was out there first quarter. He's playing all right. Um, the Cleveland looked good. Hazelwood had a nice catch. Like, I, I, I both Cle- Cleveland and Hazelwood are due to like at times look like legit NFLers in college and then kind of had like more up and down inconsistent careers. Quarterback play being a big part of that. Both of those players are like interesting to me, as is Joseph Ngata, who didn't have as big of a, a, a game today. Uh, shout out the Johnny King catch. Right, uh, Tanner McKee yeah. absolutely rips over the middle of the field to forty three. There's nothing better, and like for, not a tight end body forty three. Like that's a whole wide receiver. And you're just like, oh dang, here we go. You're like okay, our lads, Eagles twenty twenty three. Click Johnny King. We always in the in the postseason we get like a nice random number for a guy who should not be wearing that number doing something. So big ups to you, Johnny King. There you go. Uh, tight end. I had nothing. I don't know. Do you have anything? Do you have? Is there anything? Forgot you want to say Dan Arnold was on this team. Really Me forgot too. that. I would agree with that. I was confused how Grant Calcaterra's hair got longer, slash how Jack Stoll got so much smaller, and then I realized <laughs> it was Dan Arnold. So there you go. Um, I don't like. Is Arnold making the team? I don't think so. Goddard stole for sure. And then third tight end, I'm more interested in keeping either Calcaterra or Jackson than I am keeping Dan Arnold. I think Calcaterra, uh, Jackson gets, uh, you know, annually gets the buzz from uh, reporters covering camp. I have a bet with uh, Elliot Shore Parks uh, because I heard something he said on the sideline when I was at practice and I said, wait, what? Ah, good. You're learning from me. Make bets off what people say. Just immediately (laughs) be like, what what would you wager on that? He, he had something now that it, what he said, I don't know if he wants it uh, on the record, but it was so outrageous that I said, listen, you don't even have to go that far. If Tyree Jackson ever has 500 yards in a season in the NFL, uh, I will take you to dinner of your choice in Philadelphia. And I said, if he doesn't, then you just have to buy me a hoagie from uh, Pasta Fischio's. And he's like, well, when would we know he doesn't? I go, when you, you can wait till he retires from the NFL, I will give you <laughs> the entire old man <laughs> sitting yeah. on a porch. <laughs> So Tyree Jackson, uh, zero catches for zero yards. Although to be fair, uh, I think he was out there with Ian Book where, listen, just no one was getting a target when Ian Book yeah. was playing quarterback. It was just hold on uh, to the football. All right, that was tight end. Uh, O-line I thought was actually a little bit interesting. Tyler Steen gets the start at left tackle. Then yep. it was Josh Sills at left guard, Josh Andrews at center, Sua Opeta uh, at right guard, and Jack Driscoll at right tackle. So I've been wondering, hey, if if Jordan Mailata goes down in a game, who comes in and plays left tackle? Is it Jack Driscoll? Is it Tyler Steen? If it's for an extended period of time, just Lane Johnson go? Like, like what do you do there right. in that spot? Because for the past couple of years, it's just been, okay, Andre Dillard would be your backup left tackle. So uh, Tyler Steen played out there today. Uh, how would you answer that question? If you think if they played a real game tomorrow uh, and Jordan Mailata goes down with an injury, who do you think is coming in to play left tackle? And if the other starting five are as expected, I would guess it's Driscoll. Maybe when you get later in the season and you feel better about Steen getting his teeth around the playbook, then you then you say Steen. But that's kind of a that's a Jeff Stalin question, right? Um, so that's like when it immediately happens. That's when it happens in the second quarter. Once we sit down, like you know, get a week, get a bye week, whatever, and we and like you know, my lot is out for the season. Knock wood, God forbid. I think it. 
probably could still be Driscoll. But at that time, I would say it's more likely they decide to take a look at Steen there, kind of like long term, and see 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 if they can you know put the rookie out there, and, and if he has a higher ceiling than that, then then uh then Jack does. But good problem to have. Do we put out our second round rookie or our established swing tackle? Who the last time we put him out there to randomly play left tackle, he wasn't ready for. It, he did pretty good. Like that's way better of a arts top left tackle just went out problem than most teams in the league have. Yeah, it feels like just sort of looking at what they do that Jeff Stoutland is like, he, he's thinking, wow, Tyler Steen is like ready to, like he played right guard later in this game. And that's not, this isn't typically how Stoutland handles rookies. It's like, all right, just learn, you know, we want you to learn one thing, right. not overload you. And this guy in the first preseason game is playing left tackle, starting at left tackle and then moving to right guard. So uh, I kind of feel like Steen is going to, you know, I feel like Driscoll is like, if they don't have any other options, all right, put Driscoll out there at left tackle. But I think their preference would be uh, Steen to be good enough to play left tackle, and then Driscoll yeah. can be kind of the backup are they, uh, uh, at the other spots. Are they anywhere on Dennis Kelly? Like, I think I just remembered that that old DK is back in the building. Uh, he Yeah, he had a rough game. Like, I, I was still, uh, listen, I normally would not be paying close attention, but only because we were doing the podcast. He was the third team, well, in this game, second team, but overall, you would say third team right tackle. He got beat on a spin move by a rookie out of uh, Lafayette. Oh, we'll that Malik nice... Ham. Ah, that, yeah. that was an immediate Google on that name. Who's this son of a yeah. gun? That was, that was clean. <laughs> that was a nice uh, nice move, and I think he had issues uh, on another one. So uh, who knows with, with Dennis Kelly? Maybe that was some insurance, but uh, I'm not sure they're going to view him as a better option than the other guys there so that was the o-line i don't have anything else there uh on the o-line and then we get to the highlight the d-line benny yes, souls sir. which is the the play you mentioned early on uh jalen carter with the club move versus ben cleveland who listen ben cleveland's been in this his third year in the league he started i think five five games uh he was supposed to be in the competition to start for the ravens this year and then the other guys kind of uh surpassed him so he's a, you know probably going to be a backup but it's not like this is somebody uh, off the street who hasn't been on a roster and jalen carter i just you know he made that move uh fantastic move again you see the blend of power and quickness uh gets to the quarterback i just remember watching you know sitting in coach flynn's office but watching the Jalen Carter film, I, th- I think we did a podcast right after where I'm like, okay, I'm in on trade. I'm, on, yeah. I'm in on the Eagles trading up for Jalen. It just looked exactly like what you saw uh, in college where I'm just like, man, if this guy hits, it's going to be really impressive. So uh, yeah, that that's the one play from this game that if you're an Eagles fan, that that's the one you're talking about uh, tomorrow, this week, when you're talking about uh, this game. Yeah. Carter, mean, clean, two series and we're done. Uh, Nolan Smith had like a bad run rep early, had a great pass rush rep late. Uh, I think like you're in the figuring it out mode with him in terms of him as a rookie. Uh, worth noting that he beat the he, the Ravens tackle that he beat with a speed move is Daniel Falele, who weighs me plus you plus then some. Uh, and so you got to beat that guy with <laughs> six, a speed eight, move. right? Yeah, yeah biggest that, maybe six, the biggest eight, guy in the NFL. Six eight, like four hundred. You know I'm saying like yeah. that's a big number. Uh, you got to. Uh, if you can't beat him with speed, you can't beat anybody with speed. So it's a good bar to clear, but it's a pretty low bar. Um, but still, you get like a positive play out of Nolan Smith. That's nice. It's a build on thing. Two other guys that stood out to me on the defensive line throughout the night. I thought Marlon Tuipelotu had a couple of good reps from the interior again. Um, hmm. Marlon, uh, like he got thrown into the fire a little bit last year and like wasn't terrible. And then he kind of had some rough games. But then like the second I saw him out there, I think he was going up against the, that rookie left guard, the sixth rounder for the Ravens. 
in my head, I was like, oh, Marlon's played too much for this. Like, more like the second I saw him beat the rookie, I was like, yeah, it's because Marlon's been, he's now been here for long enough. He's gotten enough reps that he just knows how to, like, you know, just quick push pull a rookie who's leaning on him. Like, he's kind of yeah. got that, like, all right, I know my bread's buttered to him now. Uh, so Marlon, I thought, stood out a couple of times. He's, I think, is a, a reliable piece for you on the depth, which is nice. And then the other player was Janarius Robinson, 59, who I had to hmm. double check, like, okay, Robinson, Robinson. Put your head through Robinson. Who's Robinson? What, what Robinson are we talking about? I, I had forgotten that the Eagles grabbed him uh, off the practice squad from the Vikings. He was a Florida State edge rusher. It's some, some good measurables. He, uh, he played late into the night, and he was playing against second and third teamers, no doubt about it. But he was active. He was physical. He was generating pressure. He was absolutely that sort of like, okay, like, well, then you, you, like, we're going to keep you around. We're going to get you on a practice squad. We're going to keep you in the building for a little bit. We're going to see what you can do with you. So uh, the, when that, that late aspect of the game right that second half you're kind of just watching for okay who stands out who's a number that you see a few times 59 Janarius robinson was the guy for me that i kept seeing make a play that's interesting i'll, I'll have to see if any of those clips uh uh circulate I'll, I'll be honest i wasn't you know sometimes your your attention goes off a little bit at the fourth quarter uh of some of these games so yeah nolan smith started the game uh with jordan davis milton williams and Derek barnett did you see nolan smith was on kickoff coverage in the fourth quarter Listen, I know no, but that doesn't surprise me because there. yeah, that guy can fly and is big. <laughs> yeah, if I'm a coach, um, I might say okay. If I'm Derek Sean Barnett, Desai, I'm man, like, chill. Derek Barnett, that's a name of like, well, still an eagle. All right, out of boy, Derek. Yeah, yeah uh, absolutely. I mean, I, I had absolutely forgotten about that uh, this off season, but uh, he was out there, so we'll see. We'll see if he makes the team uh, or doesn't make the team. All right, that's the D line. Linebacker, Ben, we haven't gotten uh, your opinion, on, except I think I saw one tweet on the Miles Jack and Zach Cunningham signings by the Eagles. What was your, you know, we talked about it uh, earlier this week with Zach Berman. What was your read on that? Does that say anything about uh, N'Kobe Dean? Does that say anything about Nicholas Morrow? Do you think either of those guys are going to be playing significant snaps for the Eagles? Do you think either of them can be a starter? Do you not have much of an opinion uh, on them because they haven't been uh, too relevant and they were on the street in August where usually you don't find great players? What was your take on those two signings? Yeah, so right, with the necessary caveat of the last time that the Eagles just grabbed like two veteran defensive players who were available at the same position in the same week to shore up some depth problems, they got like great play out of Linval Joseph and Dominican Sue. I don't have high expectations for Miles Jack and, and, and uh, Zach Cunningham. Cunningham is a utility player. Like he has some value to him because he's an extremely long linebacker. He's got a great tackle radius. He brings guys down when he, when he, when he, when he presents in the hole, which is nice. Like Moro Dean, this is a smaller group. So he brings something you, you don't really have there. And then he is physical. I would also say that like he absolutely looks, looks smaller than he did when he was like actually doing the thing at Houston. Like this guy got like a decent second contract with the Texans back in the day. Um, and it was so yeah, much a physical, big one. physical brand of football. Um, he does not look to me to be that size. Um, he's always been a little bit lanky because he's such a long guy, but he does look to be lighter, which he, he can't. In order to achieve his play style, he's got to be bigger. So we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Miles Jack has a little bit more redundancy to him relative to Morrow and Dean just because of the quickness, because of the, of, of the size deficiencies. I think over the last two years of football, Jack's definitely been a better player than Cunningham. Um, but still, like, there's a reason why Jack was available coming out of Jacksonville and then available coming out of Pittsburgh. Like, he's like a average linebacker with very clear deficiencies, right? 
like a lot of these small, quick linebackers, right? I think about like Deion Jones, right? Out of Atlanta, who's then with the Browns, is now with the Panthers. Like they're really fun when they're super fast. But then like the moment injuries catch up to them and they're not like insanely quick, you just have a guy you can pick on in the middle of the field. And he doesn't have any length or any size that could count for some of those issues. Um, and so I think Jack represents more a guy we can stick out there if we need to. Morrow goes down, Dean goes down. I think Cunningham is a little bit more like let's kick the tires on this and see what this is. Like maybe we can actually get this guy out here in a package and for some legitimate snaps. I do think that both reflect on the fact that like the team is a little bit worried about Dean's health. Like you wouldn't like you just, you can't pretend that a guy gets an ankle injury and three days later you bring in two vets at his position. He's fine. Like that's just not how that goes. Um, You do the due diligence on the guys. You're ready for it. And obviously like now's the time to, to pull them in. And so to me, like I'm not, hitting the big red button on Dean like oh no we're terribly worried like he's not going to play but absolutely like they they clearly feel like they need to manage his health manage his reps be prepared for if he goes down long term like there's no question about that yeah dur- durability and kind of like a let's see what we have we are how many weeks until uh week one it, you know you can bring them in now uh see what you have and then kind of figure it out in the weeks ahead, I see Nick Sirianni said that the Eagle for that Quez Watkins and Britton Covey were both sidelined with hamstring injuries. It looks like that they suffered in Thursday's practice. So Eagles a little shorthanded uh, at wide receiver tonight and as they get ready for those practices against the Browns. All right. Uh, linebacker Christian Ellis and Nicholas Morrow. Those were the two guys who started the game. Then Miles Jack came in. Then Zach Cunningham came in. Uh, the one it looks like potentially big injury or most significant injury for the Eagles was probably Sean Bradley. We don't know yeah. what it is. It just didn't, you know, it, you look at a player's uh, reaction and uh, he was distraught there and he was carted off. So we'll see if we get any more word uh, on Sean Bradley and what that injury was. All right. Cornerback. We saw Josh Job and Keely Ringo starting with Zach McPherson uh, in the slot there. Greedy Williams comes in in the second quarter. Mario Goodrich gets a lot of uh, reps there in the slot. Makai Gardner had a forced fumble on special teams. Mm-hmm. Eli Ricks, with, which, with what could have been just like a legendary play if they convert the two-point two conversion. Point. But instead, Ian Book, pat the baby, pat the baby, pat the baby, pat the baby, throw a fade nine seconds into the snap. Uh, get it off my screen. <laughs> Eli Ricks with the pick six uh, and then had a nice PBU on third down, I think, on the very next possession. Uh, and then, like I said, Josiah Scott still playing there in the fourth quarter. Uh, any of those corners stand out to you what did you make of the uh rotation or anything else we saw there uh one thing i forgot on the linebacker question i did want to say you had a couple of good plays from christian ellis tonight christian ellis is a big fella he'll step down and yeah. hold somebody and i don't yes. know oh, 53 all right um so uh he had like nothing like spectacular but just like stepping down filling doing his job against the run like all right christian ellis gets it cool i um, agree keely ringo all right, pass breakup on third and five. In case anyone was watching, this nice, clean rep, good hips, change the direction. Was told he couldn't do it. Wouldn't be me. Um, the Devin Duvernay touchdown that he gave up, I thought was a really good. <laughs> I was uh, wondering if you were bringing that one sure, up. Sure, too sure, 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 sure. <laughs> the Devin Duvernay touchdown that he brought up, I thought was actually a really good coaching point for him because he, he um, you're isolated in man coverage in the low red zone. You have to play with inside leverage and use the sideline to your advantage. And they run a route that's meant to take advantage of inside leverage and hit the receiver before he gets to the sideline. Like it's just like it's just the disadvantage you're out as a corner. And he actually was in a good position 
and the ball arrived a little bit late and behind. And if he had just get, gotten his arm out, gotten his hand out, understood the route was coming, understood the ball was coming, he would have gotten a pass breakup. Not out of skill, but out of just finishing the play, like finish the rep. Like, yes, like you're not going to be able to get to this ball if it's perfect. That's the nature of playing this, this position. But just go attack the catch point. Just go do it, right? Because you don't know if that ball is going to be perfect or not. And he kind of had his hands down, his hands came up late, and he missed that spot. And that's the, the sort of rookie thing where you're like, hey, this is what we do here. We attack the catch point every single time. And we, 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 we try to break up the pass. And, and like, you can have such a better night if you just do that little stuff. And that, that's, that's, such a, like that, that's all it is for rookies in terms of the preseason. It's like, this is what it's like in live game reps. This is opportunities. Like you, this, this is the mental sharpness that you have to have when, when you play here in the NFL. And so that to me was such like a good rookie moment uh, overall. But I thought that he looked good. I thought that Job looks good. And then obviously like Rick's had the pick six, which is like a nice play. Like he like read a telegraph throw. He clicked and closed yeah. and he you know made the catch. Like the Eagles have a good amount of talent at players who can be outside corners. And I think like the most interesting thing at corner to me tonight was that Zach McPherson was straight to the nickel. Like McPherson had a really good opportunity to establish himself as the, th- as the third outside corner, right? We talked about this a lot last season, Slay and Bradbury, who if, he, if they go down, one of them goes down, like, what do you do? That was all McPherson's job last season. And now it's like Joe plus Ringo plus Ricks. And then, and then now McPherson feels like an inside guy, right? And so the, uh, the Eagles playing at outside corner, again, if one of those two guys goes down, is probably relying on a lot of youth, same as it was last season. But I'm not sure McPherson's even in that rotation. I think he's, they view him as an interior guy. Yeah, he's been practicing in the slot, as the the second slot, team yep. slot, slot corner. So, it, you know, different defensive coordinator, different staff. Maybe they view him differently uh, than the previous draft, but that's where McPherson's been playing. And yeah, I think right now it would be, you would have to say it would be Josh Job uh, if Darius Slayer, Bradbury were to go down, who is your outside corner. I, I hate to keep harping on it. I feel like I say it every episode, but that's a real concern when you have two corners who are 30 uh, and older, uh, those guys staying healthy and playing well. It doesn't happen often. It could happen, but it doesn't happen often. Uh, and so I do think, you know, there, there's a pretty good chance if you get some bad injury luck there that Job is at least going to have to play at some point this season. With Ringo, I feel like overall, if you were a Ringo fan when they drafted him, like, I think you should be encouraged by how the summer yeah. has gone so far. I mean, he stayed healthy. He started today. Like he, Greedy Williams isn't beating him out. Uh, you would expect is a fourth round pick. Like there's going to be ups and downs and he's so young. He's such a young player. Exactly. Obviously. Yeah. There's going to, I mean, you should just expect ups and downs. Like if, if he gets to the point where he's the first backup outside corner, like that's a really, really, really Go great in. start to a career uh, for a fourth fourth round pick. So um, I, th- I think you're going to see, uh, continue to see ups and downs, but I think overall that is uh, that is encouraging. Greedy Williams, bad missed tackle there. Uh, Ross Tucker was not happy with that play. He actually did a good <sighs> job analyzing it. I'm saying, so hey, mad I didn't get the yeah. Ross cut up, yeah. dude. Yeah, he's like, he's like, listen, play outside leverage because you keep them in bounds and the half is over. They, and you just tackle, you know, rally and tackle. That's what they do. But then he misses the tackle, lets the wide receiver get out of bounds. Justin Tucker uh, kicks mm-hmm. the 60-yard field goal. You end up losing by one point. I guess the preseason, it doesn't matter. But obviously— That's why you play I, the games, though. That's why it's not yes. just practice. It's just, right. This is, this is how live situations work. You know yeah. who was great on the sideline in the two-minute drill? Okay, Ted Ron Wallace. Rath? Well, Kayvon oh, okay, Wallace. Right. <laughs> yeah, step down onto the check down to the tight end. <laughs> Drop the hips, launch into contact, dislodge the football, forced fumble, and then it, it rolled out of bounds. But still, Kayvon, like, so the only, so, so like Jordan Davis is the only defensive starter out there. 
But then Kayvon and Terrell Edmonds were rotating and, and, and playing snaps for most of the first half at safety. They're trying to figure out how that job works. Kayvon had by far the more, most impressive play of the night, which was legitimately, like all jokes aside, in the two-minute drill, you know, sing, 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 take away the deep stuff. He checks it down shallow, go make a go try to make a tackle before uh, the sideline. The tight end just goes and like curls up into the sideline. Kayvon does not take the play slow, does not like, oh, you know, push him out of bounds. Let's jog back. He comes in with cut to contact. He just lodges the football. You get a lucky bounce that stays in bounds. You're recovering it on the two minute drill. Uh, and so Kayvon, there's one thing he can do. He'll hit a son of a gun. <laughs> 25 <laughs> seconds left in the first half of the first preseason game. Kayvon's out for blood, man. He's hunting. Uh, and so that was that was fun to see. The rotation there was interesting. So Reed Blankenship doesn't play at all. Reed Blankenship uh, is going to be established a, vet, baby. He's right. in unimpeachable he's in. job. <laughs> yeah, he he's in as your uh, starting safety. He doesn't play at all. He he's in the white shirt on the sideline. You see Terrell Edmonds. I mean, a, a guy who started a lot of games in the NFL. He's out there. Gavon Wallace is out there. Justin Evans comes in, and then Sidney Brown just plays like you know two and a half quarters or whatever it is, has uh, nine tackles. Speaking of Christian Ellis, yeah, Sidney Brown is just, he's either going to like crush you or whiff while going very hard uh, and aggressively, but he is not going to hesitate. And you saw that uh, out there today. So that was kind of the safety rotation there. Uh, I mean, Grady will, getting back to the corners real quick, like Grady Williams, I think probably is not going to, I mean, there's still time left, but you have to say right now, I don't think he makes the team. Uh, I'm looking at yeah. some of these 53 man roster projections. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I mean, just look at where he's playing, what he's done. You haven't. I don't think he's had I mean, a good like, camp. Yeah, like you, you slay Bradbury Maddox, and then I don't think you can. You let McPherson walk. And I don't think you let Keeley walk with what you just invested in those players. Right, so that puts you at five, six. Absolutely, six. Absolutely, Job. Right. So now seven, so. seventh spot is between Greedy. Josiah Scott, who you've had to play before, like you know, you can stick Josiah Scott out there and survive, which is a nice thing to know. Mario Goodrich, you got a ton of time tonight, but then also Makai Garner and Eli Ricks, your your uh, UDFA's, both of whom have had like positive camp reports and now positive preseason games. Like, there's just no reason to keep greedy besides draft capital, and you're not the guys who spent it on him. So, yeah, I, I'd be surprised. And I mean, you might only keep six. You might keep six corners, and then you, yeah, like that's right. then you got then health concerns with greedy. Yeah, it's not right. Yeah, it ha- it hasn't been. Uh, you know, uh, I think it was fine to take a flyer on him, give it, given the physical tools. But sure, yeah. uh, so so far, it has not happened for him this summer. All right, I think those were. Oh, let me see what other notes they have. Uh, both both Brian Johnson and Sean Desai on the sidelines. You ha- what do you like? You like a coordinator on a sideline or a coordinator in a booth? I don't respect coordinators in the booth. <laughs> Get on the sideline. I knew, and I knew you would have a take. You always compete. have a take. All right. I I, I, like I always think the booth is just such a bad aesthetic, right? You cut to the booth during the broadcast, and you're like, "Who are these old dudes just like watching That's the game?" Are they, true. Did they are they like is it a uh, season ticket holder? Your owner? What are you doing? What's your situation? Like, oh, whatever. Um, also, like, lest we ever forget the Ken Dorsey freak out in the booth for the Bills game, right? You're kind of you, you when you're there and you're the offensive coordinator, you're like the king of that little world, right? Nobody up there is a bigger deal than you. Get on the sideline where the head coach is, the quarterback is, and take your lumps. You're third on the totem pole. Don't try to turn it up, make your own little fiefdom up there. You know what? This is like, it's one of your best takes. You're 100% right about yeah, this. Yeah. 
I would, oh I would love to take the Come other on. side, but this is absolutely right. The like, just the cool factor of being like in the booth. Nothing. It, right. It's like, or it's like Herm Edwards. Nothing good happens after midnight. Nothing good happens in the booth. You, like either you look like an idiot, like Ken, like a like a like you're freaking out, like Ken Dorsey. Right. Uh, there, there could be reporters. Sometimes what happens is there's like re- the press box is right next door or something, yeah. and so a reporters like, oh boy, we hear these guys freaking out over here in the booth next to us. You got your glasses on. You're looking at your sheets. You're kind of hunched over. It's like, are you part of this game? Like, how do you have such an impact on the game while you're up there? It, Deeply, you're right. And on the on the yeah. sideline, you look cool. You're you know you're you're talking to the players. You look involved. You're feeling the game. You're it's a hundred percent right. It's it's yeah. I got I have I have two acceptable booth scenarios. One okay. is age, right? Legitimately, if you had to sit down, I get it. You probably should be retiring from coaching at this point. I get it. I'm just picturing Dom Capers. I don't Health know why when you said that, that right. was the name like, that uh, came like to Dean mind. Like Dean Pease. Like Dean Pease like, got yeah. like hit on the sideline warming up for the Saints game. Like maybe you're just in the booth. The second, I would understand if you are afraid, let's, be, let's, let's call a spade a spade. If you are afraid of getting into a fight with your quarterback and losing... I would also hide in the booth. I hundred percent. If you're like, somebody get Ben on the phone. Get Ben on the phone right now. You angrily pull up the old landline. Like, execute the plan. The principal today executed. Right? It's like it's like you know, you you could break up with somebody in person, but if you know that's not going to go well, then maybe break up with them over text and just take the L. Like, all right, we go hide up in the booth if you know that like you're not going to win the fights with your quarterback on the sideline. If Aaron Rodgers or my quarterback throw in. Microsoft services around. I'm in the booth. Uh, I'm try- I'm going through just the stand. Aaron Rodgers definitely. Uh, Mac Jones. I would probably put uh, in that conversation. He gets Mac? a little feisty. He, he goes nuts on the side. I mean, you he can't, you can't be afraid himself. of Mac Jones. You can't back down from Mac Jones. Boy. I, I just thought if it was like a quarterback who is, you know, has a little bit of a temper and is freaking out. Yeah. I thought that was it. Prime yeah, Brady. You can, you can you, fire back at Mac Jones. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Brady, you're not getting anywhere near. What do you mean? Yeah, nuts to be on the <laughs> sideline. I'm in the booth. Get your butt in the booth. Yeah, yeah, I'm in the booth. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, oh, do you want to completely unhinged, I don't mean it take, don't hold me to this take? I watched yeah, Sidney Brown run in an Eagles uniform and immediately reminded me of Marcus Epps and I'm out. I watched him just try to get on his horse and like go get connected to a play and I was like, this is taking forever. I don't know about this. Marcus Epps would be a good, would be a good outcome for Sidney Brown. Oh, enough, look enough, enough. Where almost. he, where he no. was drafted. I mean, if you can get a safety who eventually gets a contract with $6 million a year, that's absolutely a win for where you drafted uh, Sidney Brown. I can't right. believe you just threw the Raiders contract out like it's a good thing. That, listen, that's a, that's you are worth what someone will pay you, and that is what uh, what he was worth. Marcus it, Epps it, was the least of their problems. Marcus Epps would absolutely start on this team this year. It's the moment. I know he did last year. It was terrible. It's Wasn't the, there a time this offseason where you said they should sign my? Like I can't keep track you, of you. You no no no. You like contrived one of your games where you were like <laughs> of the five following players at market value discounted for hometown with age considered who would you sign and i was like if they bring back marcus that's not the worst thing in the world and you were like whoa 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 you don't like marcus Epps. i was like yeah but they also don't have any other safeties um again this is not a real take i just i saw sydney in the uniform i saw him run and i said that gives that that's giving marcus Epps right there i don't know how i feel about that 
By the right. way, Marcus Epps, who's $6 million a year, puts him next to Jordan Whitehead, Xavier Woods, Julian Love as like a fringe top 25 paid safety. Yeah, that's good. Well, yeah, there's two safeties for every team. That's 64 safeties. That's quite an accomplishment. If Sidney Brown is one of the top 25 safeties in the NFL, it's a home run pick. Okay, Shield, do you think Marcus Epps is one of the top 25 safeties in the NFL? I think exactly, he's exactly. So don't, don't, don't try this with me. I, mean, I think I, I think he's one of the top 40 safeties in the NFL. The Raiders gave that contract and Marcus Epps signed it so fast because they know only the Raiders are handing out that deal. He's a fine, competent starting safety. All right. We say, you listen, you, uh, someone will get the tape. It wasn't a contrived game. There was at some, some point where you admitted that. But I do like the uh, unhinged take that we cannot hold you to. That might not need to be a segment. Uh, what else did I? Yeah, so we don't know why, Ty, why they did this Josh Johnson and then Tyler. Like what? I have no idea. Why did, why did they do? They don't do this normally, right? They just did it tonight. And Tyler Huntley got injured. He left the game. Did he? Little I missed that. It, Holy yeah, he, he had like I think it looked like just a little like maybe hamstring or something, nothing serious, but still. I that's don't know why I'm, they did that. That was that's so the other thing about Josh Johnson and Tyler Huntley are very aesthetically similar, and so I didn't realize Tyler Huntley wasn't starting in the first half until Tyler. They were like, and now coming over the second half, Tyler Huntley, and I was like, who was playing the first half? And it was Josh Johnson. <laughs> which what do you need to evaluate Josh Johnson for? He's been on all of the teams. We have all of the data. Yeah. We know everything we could possibly know about him. We just saw him. We just saw him two games ago for the Eagles playing against Josh Johnson. That was very strange. All right. Wait, I should we talk point. about the Philip Rivers thing? The what? The Philip Rivers thing. Do Did I you not see this, Shield? I don't know what you're talking about. The who? Philip Rivers. Phillip, oh, Philip Rivers. Oh, the Philip Rivers. I thought you said Philip Purpich or something. Philip Rivers. What? Listen faster, right. baby. We're moving. Okay. All right. Uh, I, you know what? I only saw the headline, so explain it to me. Something with the 49ers? So uh, I, I'm, I'm just checking it right now on Twitter. I'm seeing via San Francisco Chronicle. I'm seeing via Ben Bolin. So I don't know who had this first. But okay. uh, Kyle Shanahan says Philip Rivers was prepared to come out of retirement to sign with the 49ers if they won the NFC Championship game last season <laughs> per Ben Bolin. Uh, Rivers would have played in the Super Bowl if the Niners had won the game. So firstly... I now feel worse that the Eagles won that game because how hilarious would it have been to see a free agent quarterback sign the week before the Super Bowl and it's just Phillip Rivers. It's just like, it's just, it's just, and here's trash talking Phillip Rivers, who's never been a 49er, just out here playing in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. Content would have been amazing. That's number one. Number two, can the Niners please, please, please stop talking about what would have been? This is so pitiful. It's so pathetic at this point. Oh, if this, that, and the other thing. Like, it's just exhausting. Don't you guys feel bad? Aren't you embarrassed? I, I find it despicable and reprehensible. I also would have liked to have seen it. All right. Well, let's finish with this question. If the Eagles are in this same situation, then let's say Jalen Hurts. Let's say, let's say at some point, I don't know how, we're getting Marcus Mariota out of the picture. Maybe you just like, I really did. You, you all know I didn't want to sign here. I don't want to play anymore. I'm out of here. So Jalen Hurts, uh, let's see, he suffers an injury, but you still, the rest of the roster is still the roster. Who is the quarterback who doesn't have a job right now who you are calling and saying, yeah. do you want to come? This is a great offensive line. We have A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard. We can legitimately go win the Super Bowl. Do you want to come win a Super Bowl? Who I already following? answered this question on my timeline. You clearly are not following my tweets during the Eagles preseason Listen, games. I said true. at 
Where is this tweet? <laughs> I'll find it. I mean, you could just tell me. Like, you don't need to read the. Tell me. The I said at tweet. 9 p.m. on August okay. 12th, 2023, Eagles would go 11 and 6 in 17 games with Tanner McKee. Oh, no, Emphatic wild card win into respectable last minute division round loss. Tanner McKee, baby. Give him to me. Okay. All right. That's fine. But <laughs> let's say. <it's, laughs> if it's not, I did, I read that, but that's not the question I'm asking you. I'm telling you that they, they're calling a player out of retirement. So you have uh, okay. Phillip Rivers, you have Tom Brady. You have Carson. <laughs> I, I, I was about to show, I was so I was about to say, you know who's actually a free agent quarterback? He's still like kind of young. He's got some physical tools. It's this Carson Wentz. I was gonna I was gonna drop it. You have Nick Foles, right? Nick Foles um, doesn't have a team. No, thank now. you. Who's so those are your options? Who's who's killing in the AIF right now? Who's I mean, like Nathan what? Rourke, but he he signed with the Jaguars. He was with the CFL. What? Do you not understand the point of the purpose of this exercise? Why is this so confusing to you? Yeah, oh, you brought up the, you brought up the Philip Rivers thing. Who in that mold do you want to call and bring in this? You know, somebody we've heard of. What league are you even talking about? Firstly, everyone's heard of Nathan Rourke. I've been tweeting about Nathan Rourke for years. Secondly, I'm brainstorming names. I'm just thinking. Like I know Vic was like doing the 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 flag football the flag football <laughs> league for a while. I was like, is Mike Vic still moving? Can he run? How's Cam doing? How's the shoulder? Cam. All right. Cam would be an acceptable answer. Mike Vick's only 43. If, if Tom Brady... Well, no. No one would want Tom Brady. Tom Brady, Brady owns say, the Raiders, firstly. And secondly, yeah, the vibes would be bad. That's true. But I, I, I feel like if it's just win the Super Bowl with this squad, Tom Brady or Phillip Rivers might be able to do it. And Cam Newton. I mean, he's got to be fresh and in shape. Like, he could really run the football there. All right. You tell me. You tell me. You think forty-three-year-old Vic's that out of shape? I think forty-three-year-old Vic would be a vibe. Is he only forty-three? Yes, oh exactly. You're like laughing me off the stage over here. Vic was born nineteen eighty in June. Yeah, he just turned forty. He just turned forty-three. Uh, all right. He was playing okay. flag football like four years ago and killing it. Michael Vick. What's funny is that I remember when Michael Vick first came to the Eagles, all the younger players were like, "Oh my God, it's Michael Vick. We play football with you." Now the young players would probably just be like. I don't know. Would it, would it be the same reaction? You would it be like, who is There's this no guy? Way you know There's no yeah. way you don't know Vic. Yeah. I, I, I like probably the same you reaction. You got to. Um, um, who else ran nice. a lot? That's okay. Vic, Steve Young. Cap. You know. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would <laughs> just really yank the league after years of trying to dodge the conversation. Just. Cap for the Super Bowl. <laughs> It'd be so cool. It'd be sick. All right. I think that that probably is the best answer. Yeah. Because I he wasn't even on my radar. He was so out of mind. And yeah, so you just call him up after the NFC Championship, and that's the answer. All right. I like that one. There are some yeah, interesting names out there if they're in that situation. But as you said, they probably just go uh, Tanner McKee. Is there any chance Tanner McKee Beats out Marcus Mariota for the backup job. No, you wish. In your wildest dreams. Michael Vick apparently played in the fan-controlled football league in 2021. No, he's, he, was he was reported that he was going to, and then he didn't. But still, mm. as of two years ago, people were like, Vick football? I, Vick is the clear answer. Vick is your answer. All right, there you go. We will finish on that one. All right. 
I was going to give you a schedule for that. I have no idea what the schedule for the show is going to be. We'll do some podcasts. I'm going to go to these Eagles Browns practices this week. So we'll do something uh, off of those. And then Thursday, Ben, they got another uh, preseason game. I don't know. Do we need to do a post game pod for every preseason game? What are your thoughts? I, I like. <laughs> do we who's, need to take who, this off air? Who plays? Who's playing is my question. <laughs> I don't know. The fourth one, I'm not. We're not doing one after the fourth. No, there's only three. There's right? only three now, no. right? All right, I'm losing it. I'm all right. There's only three. So we don't need to do one for the third. We'll decide if we're doing one for the second. All right. Thank you to Benjamin Solak, who's just in like mid, mid-season post-game ready, platform, baby. just coming in, energized, firing off takes. Thank you to ace producer Cliff Augustine. I'm Sheil Kapadia. We will talk to you soon on the Ringers Philly Special. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.